Battleground Productions presents Brass, the audio series, episode 19, War on All Fronts. The year is 1885, but not one that would be familiar to you, for this is a world that differs in many ways from the one in our history books. While in our world the enmity between police and costermongers is well known, it is a common compliment among the Barrow lads that one could muzzle a dozen bobbies before breakfast. In the world we know there was never such a pitched battle between constabulary and street vendors as is now occurring on this fashionable Mayfair street, which happens to be the home of the Brass family. And the constabulary are currently getting the worst of it as they find themselves outnumbered three to one by the coster mob. Stay back! Hold them lads while I got to copper! Thank you, Mr. Wright. Ponder, please. Don't mention it. Mustache. You all right, Jake? Thanks to that Ponder bloke, he's moving like lightning. Got his mechanical limbs going at top speed. Hope he can keep it up. Where, Fred? Here come two more. Meanwhile, in the residence of the Brass family, the battle is being closely watched by Lord Brass through the use of a cleverly concealed periscope. The constables are outnumbered but holding their own, in large part thanks to Ponder. I see. What are the men at our front door doing? They've got the barrow cut up, and they're starting to lay the boards up our stairs. That settles it. Drake, have the gunners prepare to fire. My love, some of those people out in the street are fighting for us. Are you sure? And their policemen. That is not necessarily an argument in their favor. And there's Ponder. Ponder. A fair chance they might hit him. He's dashing about all over the place. Oh, very well. Stand down, gunners. Tactical retreat is in order. We must assume that they'll be through the door in moments. Any sign of the children? Not since they went into the Mulgraves and that chimney sweep came flying off the roof. Let us assume, then, that they were successful in dealing with the snipers. Their next step would be to alert the authorities and return with reinforcements. Agreed. Until then... Drake, hand out the pistols and cutlasses to every member of the staff with training. That's all but cook, Mum. She's got Poseidus. She can guard the prisoners. They're still in the linen closet, yes? Yes, ma'am. Muster everyone else in the staircase hall and establish line of sight on the entrance hall. I want two of them to join me in the library. That will give us two fronts into a narrow corridor and the furniture in there is heavy enough to stop bullets. Good. I'll lead the other contingent. Drake, go with your mistress. Very good, sir. Oh, and Drake, in the unlikely event that we need to leave the house... I will begin preparation of the vehicle at my earliest opportunity. Many thanks. Vehicle? Escape vehicle, my dear. You know me. I always have a plan. Even as the brasses and their staff move into position, their neighbors have become aware of the increased violent activity outside their windows. Ellie, what is all that noise out in the street? I'll go and see Mrs. Grigsby. Oh! Ellie is your name. You're the housekeeper, yes? Upstairs parlour maid. Go find your housekeeper. Have a get all the family and the servants as well at the back door of this house as quickly as possible. But shouldn't I tell Mrs. Grigsby instead? If you think she's smarter than your housekeeper, I'll go tell Mrs. O'Leary. Good girl. Now, where's your front door? Our front door? I'm done with this side. Have to get out to the other side of the street. Down the staircase through the front hall. Thanks. But the whole street's a battle. Everyone in this 
house out the back, now. Tell your housekeeper, wait, how do I get to your roof? And as Gwendolyn prepares to rush up to the top of the residence, at that very moment in the street below, Mr. Crawford has gotten his increasingly ragged group of men to pick up their battering ram and again approach the front door of the brass residence. All right, lads, the ramp's in place. No danger from electrical shock now. Third time's a charm. One, two, three! That's got it. Now, lads, pick up your pistols. Master at arms. Here, sir. Oh! They're shooting, sir, from inside the house. Get out of the doorway, you fools. Grab your pistols. But they sure are master in arms. That's why you need to self-distribute. All due respect, Mr. Crawford, we're not in much shape to charge an entrenched enemy who's firing on us. Ready, your men. There'll be reinforcements soon enough. The metal one. Focus on him, lads. He's the most dangerous of the lot. Actually, friend, that'd be me. <laughs> Need some help, Panda? Cyril, if you wouldn't mind. Delighted. <laughs> Thank you. Looked like you were doing just fine to me. For the moment. But I'm afraid my etheric battery is nearly drained. Give it a boost at the beginning of the battle, and now I'm starting to slow rapidly. Never mind. You brought the constabulary? I did. Well, hate to say this, Ponder, but you've got to leave with them. Immediately. I don't understand. There are reinforcements coming. But we have reinforcements on the way as well. A whole other squad of police. Their final wave involves dropping a whacking big bomb on this street from an airship. Oh dear. Yes, so you see, I need you to... Mr. Wright, sir, they're coming through the barricades. Who? Police, sir. Just in time. Look at that discipline. Marching in rank and file... Wait... Are they? They're firing. We're police, you idiots. <laughs> so are we. Oh, dear. What? I recognise the insignia on their uniform. They're police, all right, but from the Islington district. Not the best address. Hardly. And that constabulary have the reputation of being the most corrupt in the city. A reputation they apparently deserve. As Cyril, Ponder and their police colleagues take cover from their corrupt brethren, high above them in the skies of London, another drama is being played out, one involving Lord Whitestone, otherwise known as Tucknor, King of the Eight People. Doing all right back there? Yes, thank you. It is an exhilarating feeling to move at such speed through the air. It is at that. This machine of yours is quite ingenious. Thank you. Though remarkably uncomplicated. Well, more complicated than it looks. Oh. Have to keep an eye on these various dials, for example. Not quite sure why. So, now that you've hired me and my wings, what are we doing? Keeping a lookout. For... An airship. There are many in the sky, even at this early hour. It will be approaching that area of Mayfair directly, and it most likely will be somewhat erratically piloted. Erratically? It will have been stolen, and its crew either amateurs or acting under duress. Oh, so we're on the lookout for a stolen airship. Yes. What do we do when we find it? Ah, that one approaching from the north. The Royal Mail airship? The blue and red one, yes. You're sure? Yes. It moves like a cautious predator. Well, I don't see it myself. Fly towards it while climbing as quickly as we can. You want to fly over it? Yes. With what aim, might I ask? We will see. I don't know if I feel comfortable harassing a Royal Mail airship. Would an extra 500 pounds make you comfortable? It would, yes. Very well, mister. Whitestone. Whitestone. Hang on. <laughs> I like this Butteridge fixed-wing flipper. You should, mate. You 
own it! You must teach me how to fly it! Some other time, perhaps! Some other time. All right! We're up above their line and closing in on them! Excellent. Now, circle around behind them. All right! Now, Mr. Conrad, I need you to pass over as near as you can to the gas bags of the airship. Might I ask, with what aim? My deposit. On the airship? Yes. You're going to jump from the flivver onto the gas bag. That is the plan. Slow your craft now. It is best if we are moving as near the same speed as possible. Sir, I must ask, are you mad? Perhaps, but you know I am rich. How often those things correspond. You may well be right. All right, here we go. You only get one try. That is my guiding philosophy in life. See you on the ground, Mr. Conrad. With his knife holding him to the canvas, the magnificent jungle lord reaches across and grabs a hold of the long net of ropes that hold the gas bag of the craft to the gondola. With a wave to the pilot of the flivver, who has just circled to see his progress, he begins his climb down toward the cabin of the gondola far below. What will he find there? And what of the battle on the ground? And will the brass children be able to warn their parents and servants in time to escape demolition? For the answers to these and some of your other questions, tune in for the final episode of Season 2 of Brass. Brass is manufactured by Battleground Productions. For credits and more information on Brass, including our films and live stage shows, go to battlegroundproductions.org and find us on Facebook.